NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. All right, guys, well, let's uh, dive into this here. Talk to me podcast, notfest.com. Today we have John Tardy, the legendary vocalist of Obituary. Whoa, on the program easy, easy. John, oh, there's no easy on that one, man. That voice is, uh, is uh, unmistakable, man. Well, uh, you are much album, too kind. Thank you. <laughs> new album, Dying of Everything, out January 13th, man. What a killer new record. Wow, thank you. So you've got to hear it then. I've heard, yes, I have heard it, yes. Okay, I know there's just a few songs. A new one came out today, actually. Um, and then, yeah. obviously, the, the, the album will be out on the 13th, which is uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, oh, nice. I didn't even catch that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just kind of the, 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 the nuts and bolts of the whole thing, man, kind of diving into, you know, this many albums into the career and things like that. I mean, is it tough for you to continue to write lyrics and come up with ideas? And, you know, are we going to write about death and despair one more time? I mean, how hard is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, the writing was so easy for this. Uh, it was a piece of cake. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we've never been an out al- a band to kind of do an album every year or every other year or anything, but, um, you know, this is a little bit longer cause the pandemic hit. So the album has been kind of done for a couple of years and we've been sitting on it. And that's been the most painful part of the whole thing is having this thing done. Everybody's saying, where's the album? Where's the album? And we're just like, I'm not releasing an album. While I'm sitting at home and not touring. That's for sure. So, uh, we sat on it and did that. But as far as the writing goes, you know, we're always poking at rhythms and ideas kind of here and there. We just kind of stack things up and jot down ideas as we go. Um, and then once we do carve out the time to go ahead and start recording and finish the writing and stuff, uh, we just have fun with it. And, 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 it, and it was it was really easy and fun for us to do. Um, just I mean, I mean, I guess that shows, you know, when, we just, when you have fun with something, it's easy to do, you know, so. Nice. When did you find that voice inside you? I mean, obviously you've got a very distinct voice, you know, when, when was it <laughs> that you kind of came across that part of your, your throat there? Uh, well, that was back in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there too. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, obviously our earlier influences was like nasty savage and sabotage. Uh, right. and if you ever heard like the executioner's return or the executioner single that we did back in high school, um, you can see it was a little bit different sounding band, uh, of course, for teenagers at the time. Um, so, you know, our early stuff just kind of messing around sounded a little bit maybe more like that, per se, or at least trying to sound like that because we we'll never could sound like Sabotage, that's for sure. Um, but uh, it was really that early Hellhammer, Celtic Frost, Venom that opened our eyes into really what we would like to do. And that's just literally try to write every song heavier than the next one. Um, and then just, you know, you know, about that same time, Trevor, we kind of discovered the Fender guitar with a rat pedal and a Marshall head. (laughs) And I really just dialed my voice into that sound. I really have, you know, it's, uh, it's just kind of where I really feel comfortable to get in there and do it. Um, but no question that early Hellhammer Celtic Frost stuff is, is just really what 
made us dive into the way we, we started sounding. You know, it's funny talking about Trevor. I've always said that if you called CAA and asked for a death metal guitarist, they would send you Trevor. Like he just looks dead, <laughs> you know? Like, and, and, and I mean, he looks perfect for the gig, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense, right? <laughs> no, you know, hey, no, it's, it's, it's an incredible yeah. look. I wish we could all look like that. <laughs> Great look. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's doing good, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it is interesting, you know, it plays a Strat guitar, which is just not very common in the uh, right. metal world, you know, and we just got done with the carcass tour and those guys play a Les Pauls. And I'm like, that might be even more uncommon than Fender Strats on stage. Right. So, uh, but, uh, just funny. Yeah. Well, we'll dive into that a little bit, man. Let's talk about the Amon Amarth carcass cattle decap obituary tour, man. What just, I wow. mean, you take any, any three of those bands, any two of those bands together. That's an amazing tour. You put all four together and uh, that that's a killer run. Yeah, it was, you know, they came to us and they and uh, put our, you know, our booking agent was like, Amon Amarth says they have to have you on this tour is pretty much what he <laughs> said. And we were just like, without even questioning one uh, part about the tour, we just said, yes. Whatever it was, we just said yes. Um, you know, we met those guys several years going back. We did a European tour with them um, uh, is when we first met them. And we just had so much fun, got along so well with them. Um, and we run into them at festivals and this and that. And they, they keep saying, we're going to do some shows. We're going to do some shows. So uh, just how awesome it is to get that phone call uh, and then to see that lineup, obviously, too. was just yeah. it was awesome. So uh, really cool. And, and those guys couldn't be nicer. Their crew, everybody. Um, just everybody was, it was awesome. Every night just sitting up there listening to that. It was killer. And to get, and to get to see the ship and everything else every night too, man. I mean, the, the fact <laughs> yeah. that they, you know, they put on such a huge show, you know, it's great. It is massive production. I mean, it took up most of the stage, most nights, you know, us and carcass, they, they didn't have much room in the front, but, uh, totally okay with it. You know, I got no problem with it. Those guys, uh, deserve it. You know, they put a lot of hard work, uh, into what they do. Uh, and then boy, yeah, they, they bring a massive production with them, uh, which is, it's a lot of effort and a lot of time for sure. Um, but what, a, like I said, just great guys. Yeah. Up there, you know, you don't have enough room and you're like, come on, I'm on Martha. You need like 13 cannons up here. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I need a, I need a place to at least set my water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there are a couple nights it was, it was grim, but Hey, uh, like I said, we don't care. We're all good, man. We'll play anywhere, anytime. It doesn't matter to us. We'll throw down. Well, that's one thing too, you know, I mean, obviously on a Monomarth carcass tour, I mean, that's, that's perfect for you guys, but also, you know, upcoming trivium shows and playing with hate breed. I mean, like it's, it's awesome to see you guys kind of just fit into like all these different categories of, uh, of shows. Yeah. You know, it's God, it's really where we thrive. I'll be honest with you. Um, we like that, you know, uh, going out with someone like BLS. Okay. Yeah. Zach's got his fans and they are, you know, they're, they're metal kids in a way, you know, hard rock kids are, you know, a little bit older crowd and guarantee maybe a lot of maybe have seen the obituary logo, but they've probably never been to an obituary show. And we love that. I love to get in front of that face that has no idea what they're about to hear uh, and just let them feel some of our groove and some of our rhythms. And, it, it you know, and without question, every night um, we just won over fans left and right with people every night go up to our merch girl and saying, Never heard of them before. They're awesome. Give me a T-shirt kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it's fun for us. I really love that. I love the, to be able to, to bring that in front of people like that. And the Trivium thing and Heaven Shall Burn. And there was been a handful of obituary fans yeah. going, you know, what the hell are you touring with them kind of thing? And and I get it. Uh, and don't, you know, we're going to do a headlining tour in Europe and we'll bring some heavier bands with us, if you will. 
Um, but you know, we've done some shows with Trevor and before they're good friends of ours, uh, and heaven shall burn, but they're two big bands. They play in bigger rooms than obituary does, uh, in nicer rooms. Uh, and once again, it puts us in front of that crowd that maybe has seen that obituary logo, but maybe has never come out to an obituary show and, and gives us the opportunity to, to maybe win over some new fans. So. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like when when Megadeth opens for Five Finger Death Punch. You get like the Megadeth purists that are like, <laughs> why are they opening for Five Finger Death Punch? But then you go to yeah. the Five Finger Death Punch show and you realize there's 20,000 people there. You know, like that, <laughs> that Megadeth aren't drawing, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, you know. And hell, you know, to the, to the extreme of that, I tell you what, 30 years ago, I would not want to have opened for Slayer. Because <laughs> if you remember, I don't know, the Slayer shows – those Slayer fans wanted no part of any band. I didn't care who you were. All you heard was Slayer chants the whole time. But, you know, we did get invited, and it was the last time we were in Europe, you know, and we did the Slayer tour with them. Uh, and, I mean, that was awesome. Those guys were super cool. Their crew was way nicer than they needed to be to us. Um, and we had uh, we had their stage manager come up to us, and he was like, I've never seen arenas near full when the first band was going on. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that, and that was awesome. You know, uh, like I said, so that, and that was a really fun tour too. Um, uh, with Lamb of God, uh, love those guys get along great with those. And just to, to, to hit that bucket list and get to play with Slayer. And, and, uh, that was awesome. Cause time was running out. Uh, we, you know, we saw that Slayer's getting ready to wrap things up. So we were really glad to, to get that phone call also. Oh yeah. I mean, that's another one of those, like when that, when that, got announced and i'm like why am i not in europe to see obituary and slayer <laughs> together man what a what i was incredible yeah tour. i uh i sat out front and watched slayer every every night of that tour no doubt yeah great times man uh well let's get back to the new record um you know dying Who's got a new record out uh, I, I think obituary <laughs> oh all right um, man, one of my favorite parts of the album is in the song war, when you're kind of screaming the word war under the vocals and then you're kind of going over top of it, man. So talk a little bit about war. Oh, Lee. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a song that, uh, you know, someone like hate breed, uh, sick of all those guys would probably love that thing, which is probably kind of why we keep getting asked to go on tour with someone like hate breed or, uh, go do shows with them. Or, uh, you know, even Madball invites us up to his, his hardcore festival. Uh, but they, they somehow want to bring a, a death metal band in there and people somewhat like it. But so it's, it's like, it's right up their alley, but, uh, you know, an interesting thing is we literally just finished, uh, yesterday, uh, an Atmos mix of the new record. And I don't know okay. if you heard of Atmos, but uh, Morris Sound has got a new Atmos set up. It's 13 speakers, essentially, that you mix through. So when we got to the song War, and you're sitting in the middle of this control room with 13 speakers that are above, behind, below, and all over the place, man, we took those missiles, those machine guns, <laughs> the helicopters, and they're screaming around all over the place. Uh, it was really fun to do. Uh, that mix and that song, you know, in particular, but uh, I, I, I think when we wrote that song and the very first time DT kicked into it, it's one of those times where war came out of my mouth. The first time I heard it, right. uh, it's one of those things, you know, that just, I heard it and it's just, it, it, it wrote itself right from there. Nice. Um, there, there's actually an unamped guitar part towards the end of that song. And what's funny <laughs> is when I had Trevor on the podcast years ago, 
I had read this quote and I guess I was wrong because Trevor had no idea what I was talking about, but I was attributed this quote to obituary that said, if you can write a heavy song on an acoustic guitar, it'll translate over to electric guitar. <laughs> and Trevor's like, yeah, I never said that. And I'm like, well, and then I heard this on, on war and I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe I planted a seed. <laughs> he was like, maybe, maybe if you do write a heavy song on an acoustic guitar, I was like, I swear yeah. I'm in guitar world. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was I, mean, I think that was pretty much Trevor's idea. Um, and believe it or not, I mean, that actually was not an acoustic guitar. That was just the microphone stuck right up right. on his strings of his Strat. Um, and we just left it dry. We just mic'd it like it was and, and left it. But, you know, the song's going along and it's so heavy. And then all of a sudden it comes to that part and it's so clean, so quiet. And then when it kicks back in, yeah. it just it, it even feels heavier, and it just makes the hair on your arm stand up thinking about it. It's heavy, it falls. <laughs> yeah, man, the dynamic of that it just sounds great. Like as soon as I heard it, I was just like, man, that is a a classic, you know, just a, a obituary <laughs> moment right there, man. Yeah, man. Um, I guess talk a little bit about having your own studio and have, being able to kind of you know work on your own terms and things like that. You don't have to go in and kind of punch a clock or keep an eye on the clock. You just having that that studio around to just kind of you know get in and do it uh, you know on your own terms. Is that good for you or is that bad for you? Because if it was mine, I would I would never get anything done. It, well, I yeah, I think back to having to go to more sound and saying, okay, what time do you want to be here tomorrow? Uh, I guess I'll get there at 11 and then, you know, dealing with getting to a studio and getting there and trying to get yourself in gear and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know how we write an album nowadays if we didn't have our own studio. Um, and it's just such a different aspect. It's so fun to sit in here and we do all the tracking here is essentially all we do. It's a tape recorder. Um, it's a Pro Tools rig. We took the time during the pandemic and and bought a whole new Pro Tools rig and got a whole new setup, new inputs and everything like that. Um, and then... Uh, got to busy, but it's, it's so fun for me. I get to sit down, I get to record, you know, I record my brother, I record Trevor, I record Terry. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, it's fun for me. You know, it was really cool. I used to, I remember sitting out here recording Ralph Santala, uh, in the, in, in the albums that he did with us. Um, and just what a treat seeing him. It's 10 AM in the morning. I'm sipping some coffee. He's got his guitar on. And I'm just like, all right, Ralph, you know, I kind of end this singing part here. We thought maybe you could do something. He just turns <laughs> his volume on and he just starts shredding something unbelievable. And I'm like, He's looking at me. I'm like, what? And I'm like, dude, that was an unbelievable. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> <Next song. laughs> so, so yeah, but it, it's super fun uh, to, to have it. It's really kind of a necessity for us just because everybody stays so busy and this and that. So it, it, it makes it really easy to do. I can come out here at 10 o'clock in the morning. I can come out at 10 o'clock at night. I can sing one line or I can sing for an hour. Whatever mood I'm in, that's what I can do. And it's, it's nice for me because it's at my house. But um, at least the other guys still coming over here. It's, it's, it's kind of fun out here. We got a pool table and we got uh, TVs and it's kind of a sports bar slash studio for us. So. Nice. And yeah. And then during the <laughs> pandemic, you know, Florida didn't care one bit about any lockdowns or anything like that. So I'm sure you guys. Pandemic, schmandemic. <laughs> <laughs> DeSantis down there was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, come on. Everybody come on. Yeah. Back. <laughs> let's, let's go to work. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but, uh, it, it was good. We did a couple of live streams out of here and, uh, uh, and we just have fun with it. You know, I enjoyed, uh, taking the time I sat and, and did a lot of research on some of these video switchers and invested a little bit of money in some cameras and stuff. So we can turn our pro tools rig on. I can kick eight cameras on out here and we can just go live to the world anytime we want. And it's, it's oh, nice. pretty badass. Yeah, I think during the pandemic, everybody bought some sort of new gear. Like you know, everybody yeah. you know bought some stuff. And I, you know, I went straight video after during the pandemic. I was doing phone interviews yeah. before, and then you know now you know got got the studio set up and whatnot. Um, 
with your with your yeah, voice. I think, I think one of the one of the not to cut, one of the few people no. to benefit. I think music music stores were emptying their shelves of gear, and <laughs> alcohol companies had record profits. So uh, oh, yeah. those are two companies that benefited from the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with my day job, I was an essential worker, so I had to work the entire time. But my wife, you know, Ugh. they went on that furlough for like five weeks, and I would get home yeah. from work, and she would be like, "Let's go for a walk. Let's play a board game. Let's do it." Like she was just like <laughs> cat scratch fever to get out of the house, yeah. man. We we went on so many walks and played so much Monopoly and drank so much wine. It was ridiculous. I tried to argue that music is an essential worker, man. We had to have it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, not to get too far into that, but yeah, I mean, music was like the first thing to go. Like everybody. Was it was the like, first, man. I tell you, we, you know, we were on the road with Black Label Society and we made yeah. it about halfway through the tour. Thank God, because it kind of takes you about halfway to pay all your bills before you you know, actually have to take, come out of pocket. So that was nice for us, but yeah, it sucked, man. We had a sold out show up in, uh, way up the, almost near Canada. Um, and, uh, they were set up all their stuff. We're loading in our gear and they walked up and they're like, show's been canceled. Five minutes later, it's like tours canceled. So wow. we're like, damn, you know, this sucks. But you know, in typical Zach fashion, we were one of the first bands back out on the road with black label society again. So, uh, hmm. It was good to get that phone call where, hey, we're going to kind of not really continue the tour, but it's a whole new tour, finish off kind of where we left off and uh, had an absolute blast with those guys. So, so cool, man. We had fun every single night with them. Uh, but Zach was, I, I just remember, you know, we'd started, they sent out these big, long pieces of paper with all these protocols and everybody's masks. They're separate, no backstages. And Zach right. comes walking in. He's like, he goes, I don't give a damn. Shoot me with needles. Give me whatever you want. Whatever. <laughs> I just want to play some music. So uh, he was really cool about it. And he was just, he was, he was ready to go. So how awesome is it to see Zach kind of doing the Pantera gig? How, how are you like seeing that? I, I want to go see it for sure. You know, I mean, yeah. godly, there's very few people that can pull that off, but he would be one of them. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's just been so long since Pantera and nobody's got to hear, you know, and they just got cut off in the prime of their time. Uh, so at least you get to hear some of those songs live again, you know, with Zach playing them and stuff. So, um, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, one more thing on your voice, man. Are there any words or sounds that you have to stay away from to, to, because of the way you, 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 you know, use your voice? Well, you know, I mean, it, there's definitely some sound, but there's definitely some words, you know, uh, flowers, uh, <laughs> smiles, right. <laughs> happiness. Those are all words we kind of frown on around here. Um, but, uh, it is, you know, a lot of what I do is it's, it's a lot about syllables and phrasing and there's certainly certain sounds that sound better kind of yeah. coming out the way I sing. You know, there's, I think I'm sure everybody's kind of like that. Um, but, and, you know, at the same time, I think it's, you know, uh, if you ever sit and sing in the shower, you know, if there's a song you sing all the time and listen to all the time, you start to sing it better the longer you start singing it. Whereas if, you know, they give you some song that you've never heard before, you'll probably be just destroy the song, uh, trying to cover it, you know? Um, so, the, you know, the more you kind of practice a word or the more you can kind of sing things, the more familiar you kind of get with the pattern and the breathing and the whole nine yards that goes along with it. You know, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit more for singers like myself that sing upstream. It's, it has to do a lot with breathing. You really need to take in and let out a lot of air. Um, uh, at the same time. So there's, there's definitely, uh, some words that I, I, I sound heavier when I say them. And there's even right. some words I just make up. What the hell? Let's go with, let's go ahead and just get it out there. And <laughs> <in> the <outfront. laughs> Too funny, man. Uh, with the, with your voice though, I mean, 
you, you've kind of given yourself you know longevity too as long as you can use that voice you know you're not saying yeah. hi and you know doing all the all the crazy stuff with your voice man so are, are you are you still feeling good with the voice you know this far into the career I, I mean, it's been, you know, we just, we've been, God, I think we just about played more shows in America than we've played in a, probably ever, if not. Um, and, uh, the, you know, knock on wood, the voice has been doing great. Um, I'm, I'm able to just every night hit what I want to hit. And my range has been hanging in there. Um, I love the, the, the performance on the new record. I think it sounds really cool. A lot of good songs. Um, uh, in fact, the song that came out today is one of my favorite, you know, it just, it just came out today, uh, in the lyric video, um, uh, that I just think came out so well. It had a lot of cool phrasing and syllables and words that came mm -hmm. up in there. And it came, I, I really like the song a lot. Um, but uh, looking forward to, to playing a lot of these new songs live, you know, so. Cool. Uh, as we kind of wind down, man, I, uh, I interviewed Max Cavalera a few months ago about uh, the Arise era and Beneath the Remains era. And obviously you popped up a lot in that because, you know, when they first <laughs> get to America, they get to Morrisound, they meet Obituary, all that stuff. So, so what are your kind of, memories of meeting kind of early max cavalera and those crazy brazilian guys kind of coming over and and uh your first thoughts on those Dude, guys. yeah no it was awesome you know i mean max literally stayed at my house during that thing you know he, he did not speak english very well um and we took we did a lot of cool i took him to motocross races and stuff we gave him the full redneck treatment when he was here for sure <laughs> um uh, but just being down at more sound scott burns hanging out they were you know he just he just did all the vocals they cut all the tracks down in down in uh, brazil or whatever but uh so it was just him here doing all his vocals i did some vocals on it um and he called me off there they just did a new album the soulfly anyway yeah. um and i did some vocals for him on that also um which i try not to do for, you know, I try not to do it very much. We stay busy. I got a lot going on. Um, but I couldn't say no to Max. He goes, could you do some singing? And I was like, absolutely. Um, yeah. but he goes, he was, you know, he was like, man, I wrote this song. And as soon as I did, I just immediately thought of you. And I was like, well, then I got to do something. So, <laughs> yeah, you have <laughs> uh, but to love that. those guys. We actually, him and Igor, they were, they were there, uh, in, in Tampa, right before we went on that last tour, we went down and saw them and hung out and had an absolute blast. Um, you know, Steve from Deicide, the Cannibal guys, uh, Atheist guys. It was like a who's who of bands hanging out in Tampa. Oh, wow. um, but uh, what a fun, you know, that new Seppel project they got going on. They do a lot of covers and stuff like that. Uh, and they play the, you know, a lot of old Seppel stuff, or whatever. But um, it's it's really fun to go watch. And, and it's certainly good to see uh, he and Igor on stage again. Nice. And uh, I, I always ask about, you know, if I know the person's a football fan, I got to talk some football with you. And, and one right. thing with, with with the Dolphins, man, I I was I've been watching a lot of videos and you pop up with your Dolphins gear on. I think that the <laughs> Dolphins might be the most unmetal looking like uh, logos and whatnot out there. What do you think? I love my gear, man. I'm a Dolphin fan. I was born in Miami and I've been, my grandparents were Dolphin fans and my parents were Dolphin fans and I am. So, um, I love it and I look good going out my boat in it. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, it's just what a crushing, you know, we, we just went from what eight and three or something to losing five games in a row. We got a third string quarterback starting, still have a chance to make the playoffs, but we have a no. rookie starting third string quarterback this weekend. And, uh, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, as a Titans fan, I mean, I'm right there with you. We're seven and three. We lost six in a row. We can still make the playoffs, but I'm just like, yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Pulling it. It's just, it's, it's a, well, it's been a crazy season for, I think most teams. Well, yeah. It stinks to lose your quarterback, as you know. Um, yeah. But uh, God, you know, I mean, I went through so many years with Ryan Tannehill and, and a lot of people don't know him. Mean, he broke, yeah, I think he had more receiving yards in his first year than Dan Marino did kind of thing. 
yeah. you know, he was, he just, you know, and, and it just year after year, it's just, we always came up short and it was just kind of like, man, you know, it's, it stunk to see him go, but it was almost like something's kind of got to change here. We're yeah. just not, you know, we're not going any further. Um, but uh, always like trying Tannehill, you know, it's just one of the things yeah. you kind of got to sometimes make a change, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, it's, it's funny. He's been, I think he's like one of the most winningest quarterbacks in the Titans history. Like even back to the Oilers history, like he's yeah. you know thrown for the most yards and, and uh, he had the most consecutive starts until he got hurt earlier this year. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, kind of funny how, how kind of record setting he's been for the team, you know, and Dolphins fans were like, Oh, just wait, he'll be hurt two weeks into the season. <laughs> well, I know we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of injury uh, yeah. problems with Tannehill. He was a healthy quarterback for us. Um, yeah. It just, you know, it just got to that point where we just didn't, we couldn't get to the next level, I guess, is what it was. So yeah. it just something, something had to change. And uh, it's just such a quarterback German league. If you don't have a good quarterback, you mm-hmm. can forget it. You're just, you're pretty well doomed, man. I tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't. So I think that's where Titans fans are with Ryan Tannehill right now. We're like, we've gotten to a point and now we yep. need to get to the next point, you know? So, yeah. So we will see, man. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, it's great. I'll, I'll bring up a personal story of the Dolphins, man. I haven't really talked about this, but my when I first moved to where I live now, the one guy I went to watch football with was a big Dolphins fan. And so we would always go to the bar every Saturday or Sunday morning and, you know, you know, watch the games and whatnot. And he passed away recently before the season. And so when I'm seeing the Dolphins do well, I'm like, man, that is the last thing I want to happen when I die. Like the year I die will probably be the year the Titans win the Super Bowl. Like I I, I, I always feel so bad. Like it's it's so scary just to, you know, death and obviously that's trivial but it's still like every time i see the dolphins do well I'm like man i wish you know he could have seen that yeah no you know man but that's what's great about sports you know i mean it's, yeah. so, it's so fun i mean i really live for it um you know like i said you know our studio is, a, is kind of a fun area we got a big you got a couple of tvs out here in the nfl ticket so okay. most sundays people come over to my house and and we pack it out here and and crank it but we just have so much fun uh, win, lose, or draw. You know, I got Bucks fans obviously around me that we like to beat on each other. But I mean, hell, our sound guy's a Jet fan, so you can only imagine how that goes. Uh, you know, Joe Sincata, he's he's been our sound guy for over 15 years, and he's done the last uh, three obituary records. Um, oh, nice. You know, obviously including the new one. Um, but yeah, he's a Jet fan, so it's a it's a constant. Uh, you know, shout out on stage. I always beat up on the Jets and the whole nine yards, so it's a <laughs> rival weekend for us this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what makes football fun, man. Everybody's got their team and you can talk some junk and all that good stuff, man. Well, uh, and and speaking of good stuff, you know, dying of everything out January 13th and uh, John Tardy. Friday the 13th. Friday Friday the 13th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's been been a pleasure talking to you today, man. Hey, right on, man. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Thank you. The Talk To Me podcast presented by NotFest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast.